Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today. I appreciate you finding some time out of your busy day to spend with me. I always say time's that one commodity that you just can't get back. So today we're going to be talking about uh, micro gems. Now it's a new term. It's a new concept. um, But I tell you what, I really think that it's gaining a lot of traction. Um, so if you're not familiar with that term, a micro gem is, um, is a gem that it, it, it is a smaller footprint in, in fitness centers. So it's not the big box gyms. Um, it, it, this article that I read went on to say that these are community-oriented centers and they're opening up in masses because due to the pandemic, I think people are looking for a more boutique, smaller um, footprint, smaller, smaller space where there's not a lot of people working out at the same time that you are. Just for your reference, today is March 16th of 2021. And, you know, we still are taking the pandemic. It's still impacting our lives in one way or another. Um, Another article went on to say that micro gyms are the next big thing in fitness. Now, I know the fitness industry was hit pretty hard uh, during the pandemic, and I think we're going to hear more about that in today's show. So my guest today is Micah Logan. Micah is a career entrepreneur. He began his career as a personal trainer in 2003. Over the last 17 years, he has not only worked with hundreds of clients and trained more than 20,000 hours, he also built one of Boston's most reputable fitness and wellness companies. In 2020, Micah decided to franchise his personal training studio concept and launch Meld Fitness and Wellness. Please help me in welcoming Micah to the show. Hey, Micah, welcome to the show today. Linda, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people are not familiar with that concept of a micro gym because everybody gets the flyers in the mail, contracts, all that stuff. And we just have always leaned towards those. But there's a new way that a new wave of fitness training that's coming Now, before we talk about that, Micah, tell me a little bit about your background. Where did Meld Fitness come from? Sure. So I started thinking that I was going to go into psychology, and I guess in a way um, I did still do that Mm -hmm. when I decided to become a personal trainer back in 2003. 
And uh, ever since then, I have worked my way through the industry, as your introduction indicated, and I worked in all facets of of the fitness business. I basically worked my way all the way um, throughout uh, the fitness industry in various settings, big box gyms and small boutique gyms and franchise type studios. I was I was a manager for one of those. I have worked in corporate fitness. So I really was able to experience the different types of offerings, how they're delivered to the customer, and to be able to be both on the working and management side of those operations. So it really gave me a nice, well-rounded experience when it comes to what I believe that customers are looking for and it shaped my experience on how that should be presented and offered to the public. Mm-hmm. So now, back, now, where did the yeah, word sorry, sorry. meld come from, M-E-L-D? Yeah, so I, when, we, when I started the, the micro studio back in 2014 in Boston, I, I first started under a different name because um, it was a name that I had initially. And eventually, it, it kind of evolved from how we delivered our, our training. And I noticed that there were people coming to us from people who were never, never exercised, under-exercised, mm-hmm to people who are former athletes, and we've even trained some pro athletes as well. And so I was interested that individuals who had these extreme body differences and even mm-hmm. cultural backgrounds had come to the studio. And so, mm-hmm. but the one thing that stood out to me was the fact that everyone got behind our common purpose of community and accountability and support. And mm-hmm. so one day I thought to myself, uh, when we rebranded that I wanted to change the name to be representative of what we do, which is take people from different places and to form one community. And so mm-hmm. that's where I, I came up with meld, which means love literally to take two things to combine it into one. Mm-hmm. I love that. So why do you think that people that have never really set foot in fitness centers and it's never been a part of their life in the past – why are they comfortable at MELD? Yeah, so I think the best way for me to answer that is to describe to you how our members describe it to us who have come in. And the best way to describe it is they feel comfortable and supported. And it's uncomfortable to change a habit. It's associated with the same part of your brain that is associated with torture. And so change for everyone is not is not easy, especially for individuals who are making a lifestyle change, especially when they've gotten used to that to that, those bad habits over a long period of time. But when you come in to the studio, we're warm, we're welcoming. We introduce you to everyone, so you're not isolated by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a standard of support that we've, we've adopted to make sure that from the moment a person walks in, they know exactly what they have to do. They're never without a, uh, a coach supporting them or texting them. So as an example, we roadmap an individual who comes in. So they don't just come in and we're like, hey, Give us your credit card, and you go work yeah. out. They come mm-hmm. in, and we, we roadmap their success. We say, look, in the next 90 days, this is what we would like to see you accomplish. This is how we would like to see you, how many times we want to see you. This is what we think you can accomplish. These are the suggestions that we have so that you can get there. And that tends to make people comfortable when you actually give them practical, uh, surprise, surprise information when they mm-hmm. first come in. And, mm-hmm. and then in addition to that, we have a culture that's supportive 
of our community. So our, our coaches are, are required as part of their job that they have to reach out to members in between times that they work out. They have to text them. They have to see how they're doing. It's all a part of our accountability program. We assess our members on a regular basis. We really take a uh, – when it comes to assessing our members' results, we take a financial performance review approach to this. It's a very uncommon approach in some, in some ways than the fitness industry takes in general, which is that we know that when you're an investor and you're investing money in uh, a stock or you're investing money in a fund of some sort, you get quarterly financial statements on how the, the fund is performing, how the mm-hmm. stocks are performing. And so we do the same thing, but we take it on a, a four-week basis in our facilities. We, we show our, our members how they're doing so that we can make adjustments every four weeks if we need to, or we just tri- keep continue them in the same trend. Uh, we're very atten- highly attentive to what their needs are. And so this is really what engages and endears people to us, and it shows in the results of how long people stay and how, how much they refer to us as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, I've always said it doesn't make any difference what business it is. If your customers, if your clients do not feel that you're acknowledging them, then it's very easy for them to unsubscribe, so to speak. So because you're staying in touch with them in between, I think that that lets them know that you care and everybody wants to be acknowledged. We all want to know that we're not just a credit card number, right? And it sounds that's like exactly you guys right. are doing a great job doing that. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's exactly what we find. And so we find little things about our members to celebrate with them and mm-hmm. to to you know to even congratulate them for. Like we have members who are, for instance, you know, testing for the bar, and uh, when it, you as, because they're students and they. They had uh, a bar, uh, the bar association test to take. We have mm-hmm. members who have who have kids that have accomplished something, you know. And what we do is, when these things happen, we show support to them by by gifting them something, or by you know, if they lose someone, a friend or a family member in death, then we send them a, a sympathy card. We mm-hmm. had a member that that actually got COVID, um, and fortunately for us, that was the only member, in, in like from the time we reopened till now. Who did? And we sent them an edible arrangement, and that it got stolen mm-hmm. from the front of the doorstep, and so we sent another one. You know, so oh, wow. these are these are the things that we do in our community to show people that we're that not just that we're different, that we care about them. And I think when you have that level of connection to your your customer, right. when you treat them like one community, one family, they'll never want to leave you. And it drives Net Promoter Score, which we know, if you know anything about Net Promoter Score. You have people who want to promote your business as well. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, Micah, there's that saying that people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. But I really don't think that's enough. I always believe that people do business with those they know, like, trust, and connect with. And I think that's the part that is so critical. That really keeps your clients um, staying long-term. You know, that really increases your retention is that connection and that's the piece that many businesses forget is you have to connect yeah, we with have, your clients we say we don't have customers we have fans i mean look we have yeah. members of ours who have gone on vacation and snap photos of themselves and 
our swag on the beach in a different country, and they send them back to us. We reposted it. We have wow. members that are willing to support us. They'll buy gear from us. You know, they make us basically their exclusive one-stop shop for everything. They, mm-hmm. they really do trust us, and the re- part, of the, part of the reason why they trust us is that although, for instance, our supplements are not the, the, the least expensive out there, they know that we vetted the company that provides us these supplements because they are one of the best in the industry, if not the best. So they know that we have their best interest at heart, and we continue to prove it to them by our actions. And we, we never take we never take for granted the fact that they won't find somebody else who's willing to treat them the right. same way we do. So right. we continue to do it. So um, you just mentioned supplements. So you're not just a fitness center. You really, it sounds like you also have products that help your clients to stay healthy as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have, in the franchise, we have a wonderful partners and this is where the and wellness part comes in. And so the name Meld actually is interesting because it's a, um, you know, it's a, um, one of those words that both represents community, but it also represents what we do. It's almost like we combine the fitness and wellness as well to form one thing, just like we do within the community. And so we have a supplement partner. Our supplement partner is DotFit. DotFit mm-hmm. is one of the premier supplement suppliers in the entire country. They are not mass market supplements, which means that they're, they're practitioner grade, and you can only get them from individuals who, number one, have a partnership with them, but number two, ha- have gone through this DotFit certification, and they are they're also are used widely in um in professional sports leagues as well, because mm-hmm. you know when it comes to professional sports, the players union and the the major league sports. Uh, clubs, whatever, whichever sport they, they are, they're really strict, of course, on on banned supplements. And so mm. these are supplements that could be tainted with you right. know, other things that could cause like false positives and tests. And sure. So for us, the quality of our supplements is just as important as, for instance, the quality of our, our fitness program. And so we have stamp of approval that our supplements are, you know, safe for sport. They get that certification. They're also third-party lab tested. So all the all the ingredients that are in the supplements have been verified by a, a third party lab, independent lab. And this this kind of contributes to a little bit of the expense to the supplement. But at the end of the day, you know that what you're putting in your body is something that has been thoroughly vetted and that has been approved by science, food scientists, nutrition scientists. Um, and you know they it, you're actually getting the deliverables in your body that you that you need. Another partner that we have is our, our smoothie partner, Performance uh, Food Centers, and uh, they are amazing. They they work in uh, Whole Foods and a lot of non-GMOs that are in the shakes. They really focus on the whole health of each and every, every smoothie that is is made. And the wonderful part about them is that as a franchisee, you'll have the option of you can have a training only training only facility, but you also have the option to choose a facility with a smoothie, a smoothie bar inside, mm-hmm. and performance food centers have especially designed smoothie bars to go in both the 500 and 1,000 square foot models that we have. You know, given the micro size, an individual may say to themselves, "Well, I'm not even sure that you know how can you fit all that inside a small space." We've done it. That's part of that is part of the charm and the that is part of the uh, delivery and the uniqueness of our of our concept is that we're actually delivering something that no one has done before in a small space. 
We have the mm-hmm. ability to get things like a high-level smoothie bar in both those micro studios. And, and again, that, that goes back to the membership. Those things are attached to the membership if a member wants. And it just, it just it reinforces the fact that good health, good support, good nutrition, good dietary support, all those things are important for a healthy person. But also it brings the community together and makes the whole community healthier as well. And so we mm-hmm. endorse all of that stuff. So um, you just started talking a little bit about that franchise model. Let's talk more about that, Micah. Um, I I don't have any background in fitness. um, And if I were looking at Meld Fitness and Wellness, um, who is your perfect franchisee? Who is it that you think would make the best franchisee? Do they need to have, do they need to have been a personal trainer? So we say no. So being a personal trainer helps from the programming side. But one of the things that I think as a business owner, I also do business consulting as well, is that you find out is that just because a person has the technical ability to do the work, see E-Myth by Michael Gerber, it doesn't necessarily mean that they could be either a manager or an owner of a business, and it doesn't mean that they should be a manager or owner of a business. And I think that that is an interesting distinction to make when you're talking about someone who could own a franchise. You know, we've put a lot of the work into developing this, this concept, and so we've done it so that individuals that may not necessarily have direct and relevant industry experience can still operate it because we've uncomplicated the fitness business model. What I'll say is, I think individuals who will do well in, in operating a meld fitness and wellness studio are individuals that have, uh, yes, a fitness background as a, as a single uh, personal trainer, but individuals who are in the hospitality industry, individuals mm-hmm. that have been used to being in a support role, individuals that are uh, – any, any industry in, like that with the background in hospitality, support, fitness, individuals have experience running boutique fitness uh, centers as well, or have worked for one. These are individuals with strong understanding and knowledges of going the extra mile to, in order to promote that net, to raise the net promoter score. Because if you can bring together people, you know, and build a community, you're going to do great. You need to be a good communicator, detail oriented. You have to be a people person, a connector. Those those things are important qualities and traits of a mill fitness and wellness franchise franchise. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about square footage, you know, 500 mm-hmm. versus 1,000. Talk to me a little bit about how those differ and why a, a new franchise would e would uh, choose one over the other. Yeah, so I would say that if an individual was a very interested in the, being an owner-operator and they wanted to to buy a concept or buy into our concept that was – uh, easy to run. They want to own and operate it. They have a super high passion for fitness. They want to be you know, fully present. They get nervous about managing other people or a lot of other people or um, any other person. Um, then the 500-square-foot model probably would be good in that, in that particular sense. Although in the retail space, you know, a 1,000-square-foot model is probably a lot more common than 500 square feet. And so in the 1,000-square-foot model, the differences between the two are simply – how many small group personal training sessions you can have at one time. Because even though we're a personal training uh, franchise, we are a small group personal training franchise, which means that each session can have up to four members to one coach. 
uh, in the session. And so with the 1,000 square foot model, you can just simply add another uh, small group personal training, um, or another group of small group personal training members, and that one up to four. Mm-hmm. And so when when they're looking at those different um, size spaces, does it does the equipment that they offer change? How do, how is it different? The setup different? Yeah. So so good question. So in terms of the actual facilities themselves, obviously the 500 square foot is, is not a lot of square feet, and so there would be less seating in the 500 square foot model than in the 1,000-square-foot model. So in the 1,000-square-foot in the model, we have a few more, a couple more stools that are at the smoothie bar, and we have a, a, a slight a lounge area where they can sit kind of in between sessions or, or finish or when members finish their, their shakes. Uh, that lounge area goes away in the 500-square-foot model, but there are still a few seats, a couple of uh, stools for the smoothie bar in the, uh, the 500-square-foot model. And... The equipment specifically for the smoothie bar doesn't change. It's all merged into the front desk, but the equipment, the fitness equipment does change. So there is less equipment because you can have, you can only operate one small group session at a time in the 500 square foot model versus multiple in the 1,000 square foot model. And mm-hmm. so there are more, there are more, you know, barbells in the thousand square foot models, more dumbbells, there's more, you know, supplements, there's, you know, there's, there's about, about, I would say double or just over double the amount of equipment in the thousand square foot model. But that doesn't mean that the, it it makes the initial investment in our, in our fitness equipment package significantly more expensive because we don't have fixed plane pieces of equipment. So often on average, our fitness equipment is largely cheaper than if you were buying in a franchise with, for instance, like treadmills and mm-hmm. rowers and things, you know, mm-hmm. these, these things that are just fixed plane taking up a lot mm-hmm. of space. We are, we are truly a, a personal training, a boutique personal training studio. So while we don't have treadmills or things or some rowers, <laughs> there's not going to be anywhere to sit for you to work out when you come in. You're actually going to be working, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when someone um, decides and, it, you know, there's an agreement on both sides that MELD is the perfect fit, um, how do, what does that territory look like, Micah? And, you know, what, what are some of the marketing support what's the marketing support that you guys help with a new franchisee in launching their new location? Yeah, so that's a great question. So in terms of the territory, we are an emerging franchisor, so obviously it's a good time to, to deal to deal with us, and we're get, we have some great territories to choose from. You know, we're looking for the, – the, the wonderful part about the, the micro studio is that you can operate in a town – that is traditionally smaller than what other franchises would look for. And because of the small group personal training model, you could also go into a territory that's slightly lower income than maybe what other franchise models would look for as well. And we find that that is a huge advantage for us when it comes to where we can locate our our franchises across the country, actually, frankly, to be honest with you. And then in terms of marketing support, we have partnered with a, a company called Patient Moon. They're one of our, our preferred uh, suppliers. They, they're on our, our team, our franchise team. 
and they help not just the franchise itself but also franchisees to be to be supported. So after the, a franchisee would sign a franchise agreement, then they get they get given literally a roadmap to opening from the first day. Um, mm-hmm. And so we would personally create a uh, pre-opening ramp-up plan for them based off of that roadmap. They'll have done-for-them done for designed and branded collateral to use for marketing initiatives. Uh, they have marketing coaching with our marketing team to establish the voice of the brand in their local territory. And so because we're about melding communities together, we really focus on using the, the, using the meld voice in adapting our accent to the local community. So we want to make sure that when we have a franchisee come on, that they're actually given access, that, that they're actually, we understand the territory as, just as well as them because we want to make sure that they're speaking in the local voice, even though they're communicating the meld brand to them. You know, they'll get a branded website. They'll also get um, pre-opening marketing guidance all, all along the way as we kind of approach. We have a, a 12-week ramp-up before we actually – pre-opening ramp-up before we actually get to the, uh, to the, op- the grand opening. And we have a tons of suggestions for uh, franchisees on how to, how to get that going. And it doesn't stop there. Like, our goal is to make sure that they have ongoing marketing support on a regular basis so that they're staying – you know, adaptable and flexible. And so we also have in our franchise support, they're going to be getting a call every month to say, hey, look. And, and, and so we understand that some franchisees may be more sophisticated than others, but we're still going to call them and check up, see how they're doing, mm-hmm. make sure if they see if they need anything. Um, and we, I actually wanted to, to mention that we have a wonderful app that we created um, for our franchisees, and we have what we call the Meld Matrix which is just our, our own internal social media network where franchisees can connect with other franchisees. They can see what's working. They can connect and make friends. They can post things, post what's working, post what's not working, upload pictures. They can chat behind the scenes as well as connect with franchise support as well. And this is mm-hmm. something that we feel like is going to be a game changer for our, for our franchise. Well, you know, that's part of participating in a franchise, isn't it? That you've got that uh, support, you know, you've got a, you you don't feel that you're alone in this. And that would be another advantage, Micah, of someone um, partnering and becoming a franchisee with MELD rather than trying to step out and do it on their own, wouldn't it? That's exactly right. And, you know, look, I've been in the industry for, you know, for all, about 20 years, and I have, as I mentioned earlier, I worked in multiple different facilities, and I am part of, you know, fitness wellness masterminds, and I do small business consulting. And when they get a Melt franchise, they're getting me, and they're getting my experience, and they're getting the trials and the failures that I've had, and there have been some, there have been a lot. And, you know, you mm-hmm. learn from those, and then you adapt, and you refine it, and not just that. Our marketing team, these, these people are not just in marketing. They've also managed and owned their own wellness facilities as well. So they're really getting individuals who understand the industry. They, under, we, they understand how to market the industry. We understand how to create a system. And one of the things about the MELD, the MELD opportunity is that I've really uncomplicated the fitness business for franchisees. This is mm-hmm. not complicated to run because we've taken all the complications out. And I've sat there and, and watched fitness businesses and, fr- and, frankly, fitness franchises. And there's – it's not that hard work is obviously not, not necessary, 
but they work sometimes they work too hard and they push so so hard in the, in the wrong direction mm-hmm. and we've just taken a lot of that stuff out so mm-hmm. i think that you know with the app and in our internal social media for franchisees that they can actually chat about the challenges and the level of support and everything that we give them it's, it's the value out the value of the support our support system will well exceed kind mm-hmm. of um what they would get in, in other in other franchise brands and you know honestly you know our system is is designed to take out every single we, we even teach them how to schedule you know in Melbourne university we teach them how to you know how to schedule their their um their employees how to how to space their employees out we suggest how to you know, make the schedule more efficient. Like, there's a lot of things that we go over that really help them to, to focus on making their franchise profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I need to take a commercial break, but before we go to commercial break, Micah, um, like I said at the top of the show, uh, we're still feeling some of the impact of the pandemic. Talk to me a little bit about how you see the pandemic has impacted the fitness industry and what have you done to kind of make those changes to support your franchisees? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that the the pandemic, this black swan event of the pandemic, really caught everyone by surprise. No one was prepared for it. But what it did across the board, both in government and in private business, was it made businesses and individuals who otherwise may have been stubborn to face the reality of technology and how it works. Yeah. And I think that how I think that when the business owners have had to face how technology works and they've had to implement it in their business, they actually didn't see it as a boogeyman that they that would separate them from their customers but a set of tool that they can use to both retain, to sell more, and to connect with their customers on a regular basis. And for us, in particular, in the fitness industry, a lot of us had to go virtual. And in California, for instance, um, Governor Newsom just lifted restrictions on health clubs and facilities like that. They're they're at a very low ebb capacity, at 10% at the moment. Um, However, that it's really taught us that, technology and having that a hybrid of technology is super important. And so mm-hmm. we've been able to leverage technology in a couple ways. We have gamified um, our, our facility. And when our members work out, they have a, a effort monitoring system that connects with them. And so other members can see that though. So members can look at each other's workouts. They can comment on them. They can support them without them even being right next to them, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we also were able to even introduce the concept of adding, at times, some virtual sessions to the, you know, to our to our already, you know, our in-person slot slate of sessions as well. But because of the size of our facilities, we didn't get crushed with capacity issues like a lot of other, a lot of other fitness concepts out there. And I think this is something that individuals who are looking to buy a franchise need to know. If you're buying into a franchise, whether it's fitness or not. Square footage matters. Every yep. square foot matters. And the reason why is because oftentimes the bigger the square foot, the higher the volume of business that needs to be done. And, I mean, unless you're building boats and you can only build two a year, <laughs> you know, custom boats. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, but the reality is at the end of the day is that if you can take those models and, and build one that achieves, that achieves more and less, 
then you're doing something right. And I think that's what we've done with MELD. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I love your description there because uh, it is so true that um, you know, those companies that had more square footage, they had more to lose. You know, the overhead is huge. And if you don't have the masses coming in that front door, then the overhead will just sink your business pretty quickly. I tell you what, Micah, I need to take a, a quick commercial break. But I, I, I just have this feeling that you've got some stories that you could share with us. And I know me and my listeners, we love stories. So when we come back to commercial <laughs> break, do you have anything you could share with us? Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Micah Logan from Meld Fitness. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here. I'm here with my guest, Micah Logan, and he is the founder of Meld Fitness and Wellness. Uh, Micah, when I went, uh, when we broke for commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some stories, but before you share your stories, if someone's listening and they really are intrigued by the micro gym uh, concept and they're interested in Weld Fitness, uh, meld fitness, then how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, a few ways. I, I think the first way, you know, and obviously now individuals want to pull up to your digital storefront before they pull up to your physical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go to our website at uh, www.meldfranchise.com. That's meldfranchise.com. They can email us or email, and it will get to me if they have questions at info at meld franchise.com and or they can call our our franchise headquarters at 1-888-343-7238. Wonderful. Well, I'm ready to hear some stories here, Micah. Yeah, so I I was thinking about this actually when I was uh preparing for the to come on and you know, I I have a story about a a member of ours and I think this just goes to 
to show and demonstrate how effective the Meld franchise is. And the story comes by way of a member who had just joined, never been part of a fitness or training program before, had never been to a facility like ours or, or any other than a, a, maybe a bigger box gym that she went to every once a month or so. So she comes in and she, she goes through our assessment process and she's, she, uh, I, I remember this like the back of my, like the back of my hand. So, and so she, I text her the day after she, she came in and another coach texts her as well. And so she's getting all these texts from the staff and she's like, Oh, it was great. I had a great experience and uh, I can't wait to come back for the next session. However, I didn't find out until years later that she actually wanted to quit after her first day. <laughs> wow. So she said when she left, she's just like, I wanted to quit. It was too hard. I wasn't sure if I could do it. I was going to give up. And she said she got a text from us, and that changed everything. We were supportive. We checked in on her just to see how she was doing, and she that changed her mind. And yeah. I think that's the level of support and accountability I was talking about earlier. But it's really what we what we pride ourselves in at Meld is creating personal relationships with our members and, and turning them not just in, into customers and fans, but people who want to hear from us. And so mm-hmm. that story kind of really relates the power of what can happen when you build a business that is customer-centric and you focus on the bigger goal. You know, Michael, you said she changed her mind. I don't know that she changed her mind. I think that, again, like I said earlier, we all want to be seen. You know, the situation Mm -hmm. of her coming in and working out, it was the same. It was the same whether she Mm -hmm. got a call, call from you guys or didn't. But what changed wasn't wasn't her because she wanted the goal she still wanted Mm -hmm. to get healthy but she was seen and you guys Mm -hmm. acknowledged her and that's the piece that i'll say again and again that many business owners fail at they fail miserably at your your customer Mm -hmm. she wanted to come back but she wasn't mm-hmm. going to because she wasn't sure that she was going to be seen. And you guys cared enough to make to just text. How hard was it to just text her? Uh, kudos to yeah, you guys is, for doing a great job at that. It is amazing how the fundamental the, – the more people get more involved and entangled in what they consider the complexities of business ownership, that they right. forget the fundamentals of right. business. Mm-hmm. And it really is to – to treat your customers like gold because they're your customers and they came to you for a reason. It's to communicate to them before things happen and it's to make sure that you acknowledge the things that the reasons why they continue to patronize your business. And yeah. you know, those, having those fundamentals in place, it really is a, it's a game changer. And I think it's a continuous, it's, it's a reason why the best businesses out there have continued success. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Michael, we're down to the end of the show, and I've got those final three questions. And the first one is, and I know we've talked about some of this um, during the show, but if someone is listening who is considering purchasing a franchise, 
what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? I know that you do, uh, clearly you do business coaching for your franchisees as well, but how would you coach someone that is looking at the franchise model? What should they, they do first? Well, I have three, a three-step process for someone who's preparing to purchase a franchise, um, ours or, or anyone. Uh, the first one is to make sure that their financials are in order, um, that, they, that they recognize the source of cash that they're going to be using because the source of cash that you're going to be using has a long-term effect uh, unless you maybe already have some investable cash um, that's already prepared. Otherwise, source of cash is a big deal because you're going to be paying it back, and you're going to be paying it back, and you want to look, make sure those terms are, are work for you and would work for your business. And, and you're really going to have to, to dig on how much you, you think you're going to make in the franchise versus your obligations to the money that, you, that you've borrowed. Obviously, you want to look at your credit profile, things like this. The second thing that you want to do when you're preparing to purchase a franchise, in my opinion, is to make sure you have a location in mind for the business, but that you can intelligently defend why you want to locate your business there. So it's not just about saying, oh, I live in Houston, and I want to put, Houston, I want to put a location of this business in Houston because I believe Houston has you know, 100,000 people, and there's got to be 10% of the people who want my business. No, you have to have an intelligent reason why you want your business on this corner in this city. What's the reason why you actually want it there? Um, and then the third thing is work on your mindset. And this doesn't get talked about nearly enough, I don't think. Right. Because right. Maybe it's because it's an intangible and not necessarily um, one of the hard structured things like running a credit check, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, starting a business is not – and building it is – it's not a build it and they will come kind of moment, you know, not a field of dreams kind of moment. Starting a business requires a mindset shift, a willingness to learn, tough skin, humility, and – for you to understand that you don't know everything. And I think that when you can adopt this mindset shift from employee to business owner, if, if you're coming from employee to the business owner, then, then I think you'll do well. But you have to really focus on the fact that you want to be able to observe when your business needs to make pivot and make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that if you're not working in business every single day. 100% full out. You know, you have to be able to be willing to kind of take a maybe a slight step back so that you can observe the big picture. Absolutely. You know, folks, if you're listening, what Micah just explained, that applies for any industry that you're looking at, if you whether it's a franchise or whether it's an independent business, whether it is a daycare or whether it is, you know, um, a fitness center, it doesn't matter. All of those components are so critical. And Micah, I tell my clients that business ownership is not for the faint at heart. So mm, it, 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 takes, it takes, you know, it is not a nine to five job at all. So if you think that you're going to be purchasing a franchise and you're just going to go from leaving your corporate position on Friday, starting your, your new franchise company on Monday, and in two weeks you get a paycheck, none of that is true. And mm-hmm. I think Amen. so Amen many to that. times 
yeah, people get disillusioned. They think because they're purchasing a franchise and they hang the brand outside of their business that there will be a line of people wanting to do business. Yeah, some of that is true because the brand does um, bring some uh, additional visibility, but you still mm-hmm. have to work at getting people in the door, right? You absolutely do. You absolutely that is. Yeah, that's a wonderful point. You know, because there's you know when people talk about market marketing, excuse me, and advertising, they only talk about one phase of that, which is customer acquisition and lead generation. Mm-hmm. But marketing is not just customer acquisition and lead generation. There's three pieces of marketing. Marketing is referral marketing. Marketing is retention marketing. Yep. And yes, yep. it's also lead generation. So it's not just oh, how many customers can I get through the door. Look, if you didn't buy into a franchise that had the infrastructure to support your th- those leads, then you couldn't do it anyways unless you're the one who can kind of build the system. But, like, if, if a business owner comes in and just thinks, that, oh, all I have to do is regenerate, they're fooling themselves. You have to retain those members because if Absolutely. you don't retain oh, – excuse me, or the customers. If you don't retain those customers, then, number one, their, their net, your net promoter score is going to go down. And I'm not sure if you talk about net promoter score, Linda, or not, but – basically net promoter score is we've all seen it. You've ordered shoes or pizza and you get an email that says on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you were to refer a friend right. or family to our, to our company? 10 mm-hmm. is most likely one is least likely as a franchisee or a business owner in general, you want your net promoters score to be nines or tens on average. And so the scale dictates how your customers talk about or view your 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 business in the marketplace and how much they would be willing to actually add to your business by telling people about it. And if you are, don't have a net promoter score above six, then you have issues. And so part of that is addressed by marketing and, and not just opening. So there are a lot of facets. And plus, if you're coming from a corporate office to open up a business, by the way, when you use the bathroom in there and you notice a nice clean bathroom every single time that you come in, that's not mm-hmm. going to be the case in the business. <laughs> Somebody's mm-hmm. going to put the mop to the floor right. and get that thing clean, you know? Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love this conversation. <laughs> but, um, again, we're, I've got two more questions here. And, uh, I, and again, I think we've, that you've talked a little bit about this in the interview, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Yeah, also, I'm going to give you two that I didn't talk about. So the first one is work ethic, and the second one is adaptability. And oh, yeah. there has never been two traits that have been more underscored by an event than this pandemic when it happened. And yeah, I get it. Work ethic is something that was disrupted by the fact that businesses couldn't open at all. But did you spend the time during the pandemic as a business owner, like we did, on analyzing your business? and assessing what would happen when you reopened. You know, there were a lot of bad things that happened during the pandemic, but some of the good things that happened, some of the silver linings, was that a lot of us have more time to try to figure out, once we go back, can we make our businesses better? Like, can we streamline things? Can we market a different way? How are we doing on this? How can we improve our business? And even if your business is doing well, can you make it another 5% better? And so that requires work ethic. And then, of course, adjusting to the pandemic requires adaptability. You have to be willing to accept things that can also enhance the customer's experience. Like earlier we talked about technology, 
and, and using that in the fitness industry and, and, and pivoting slightly to maybe have a hybrid approach in some aspects of your business. But adaptability and work ethic are two traits that make a successful franchisee 100%. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And like you said, that has been um that has been uh at the forefront this last year and a half. And that's not going to go away, Micah. You know, I think we've mm-hmm. learned that there are traits now uh <clears throat> that we are going to find even more important than you know, marketing or business development, all of that is fine, well, and good. But I think it's important when it comes to running a business to make sure that you you do have, you are flexible. And I tell you what, Micah, there were times in 2020, I felt like I was Gumby. I was having to be so flexible, but you just <laughs> have to do it, right? I miss I miss that show by the way. Oh, I'm sure um, you're way too young for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're absolutely right. You know, honest, you know, frankly, um, when when hard times happen in business, it tests you as a whole person, and it it tests your brain power, but it tests your resolve and resolve and perseverance. These are traits that are intangibles, and these are traits that have to be refined just as sharply as any technical or intellectual skill because the the number one trait of a successful entrepreneur in general or business owner is um is an adversity quotient which is a quotient that measures uh, a business owner's or a person an individual's ability to to wade the choppy waters of perseverance and come out on the other side that is the number one predictor of success. It's not IQ, and it's not EQ. And it's their ability to adapt, to understand, to persevere. That, that is the measure of a true successful entrepreneur, and that is the only correlator of success that when they've researched this that they found, which was that entrepreneurs who are successful on the other side of trials and tribulations are the ones that have the ability to persevere beyond whatever that trial and tribulation was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Yeah, so um, so the future of franchising and fitness, I think, and I'll talk about franchising in general. So the future of franchising and fitness to me is smaller facilities with efficient operating models. I, I there is something to this. There's this overbuilt, big square footage operating models that are going to the you know those the chickens that come home the rooster or whatever the expression is <laughs> maybe the roosters come right. home the roost I'm not sure if chickens come home the roost <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but you know in the, in the franchise and fitness franchising I mean I think that's it and it's also going to be there's going to be more discussion around black swan events in contracts and the negotiations I think and even in insurance as well what kind of insurance and what they're covering and a lot of businesses find out, whether it's Katrina or whether it's a pandemic, that there are exclusions and insurance coverages and policies that do not cover things like black swan events that happen. Right. And I think people are going to be looking for different insurers and to that do. The people are going to be looking and negotiating different kinds of leases and their, you know, in their real estate for breaks for when this stuff happens and yep. how do they untangle from, from a commercial lease when a black swan events happen if they can't support themselves and 
or do they just add months at the at the end of the lease because they can't pay? Like how you know how to, it's going to inform it's going to inform pre-opening negotiations and pre-opening conversations with individuals that were temp, that were that in normal times when this never happened would, would be normally rigid with their request with with people. And and I think that since everyone is affected by it in the country or the world, then everyone's going to understand that there's going to be need to be at least a discussion around that moving forward, whereas before it was not even a topic of conversation. Yeah, and then most I think I, and I think that technology is going to play a greater and greater role when it comes to meeting people and closing deals. And I think that what we're finding is that in some ways technology certainly doesn't replace meeting someone face to face. However, I think that there's going to be some meetings or discussions that normally would have, have happened in person that can now be done technologically mm-hmm. without being present. Although it's not mm-hmm. going to replace, for instance, discovery days in person, if you can do it, um, or when we go back, you know, I, I think that those things are going to come back. But people won't be as offended by the fact that they have to do something virtually. I think it's changed the mindset of a franchisee as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier, having this hybrid thing and whatever this thing is, it, we are going to have to uh, embrace technology. We are going to have to embrace um, uh, an, an ability to, to have options because there are going to be people that are not going to want to do it in, in person. There are going to be people that are not going to want to do it uh, online. So there has to be a hybrid. There has to be a choice there. Micah, I have so enjoyed conversation with you. Folks, if you don't know, <laughs> Me too. You may not, folks, you may not know it, but you just got coached by a great business coach here. So, <laughs> Micah, you, you may be the founder of MELD, but I I tell you what, you could also be a business coach for any business. I tell you what, uh, one more time, Micah, if someone's listening mm-hmm. and they want more information about MELD and how they can participate mm-hmm. in that franchise opportunity, where would they go? So, yeah, once again, they can go to uh, MELD, M-E-L-D, franchise.com. And or they, can, they can also email us at info at meldfranchise.com. Or they can give us a call, 1-888-343-7238. We love interacting, interacting with people. We love phone calls. You know, we love getting contacted. So reach out to us, meldfranchise.com, 888-343-7238, or shoot us an email at info at meldfranchise.com. Great. Micah, I would love to bring you back on the show in about six months, and let's just see where the fitness industry is there. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear an update if you're willing to come back. Um, Linda, um, always. Who, who wouldn't be willing to come back and talk to you? Frankly, <laughs> I don't know. Those people need to be exercised out of society, I guess, but I would love to come back and speak to you. This was, this was really enjoyable. Um, I'm glad I was able to talk to you today, and uh, yeah. Count me in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, um, we are down to the hour here, and I so enjoyed that. I hope you were taking notes. If you didn't, remember this is a recording. You can go back and listen to it again and take plenty of notes. As always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is a Seth Godin quote. No niche is too small if it is yours. That's exactly what micro gems are. It's a small niche, 
But that small niche can multiply and multiply, and it can begin in a way that it creates it creates a legacy for you, for your family, and it, and it allows you to own a business. So, folks, thanks again for joining me on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.